in the slot as Henry left. We've got a linebacker on Eckler. And here comes the quick blitz. There's Eckler. Gets a block. 20, 25, 30. It's a foot race. 40, 50 into Jags territory. 30, 20. Austin Eckler to the end zone. Touchdown, Chargers. Austin Eckler is having himself a day. Austin Eckler has agreed to a multi-year extension. Here with Haley Elwood and on the phone, ESPN's Eric Williams. Eric, this is a, a big deal for a team that really relied on Austin last year, and, and I think he's just scratching the surface. Yeah, I think it's a huge deal in terms of, like you said, Austin, his playmaking ability and the fact that I think he's going to continue to get better in the role that they're using him, which is as a playmaker, not just as a running back, but a guy that can also catch the ball out of the backfield and line up as a receiver. Uh, and make things happen there. And, and also, if they need to use them re- in return game, can do that as well. Um, and, and it kind of follows um, GM Tom Telesco's philosophy of drafting, or this in this case, signing the guys an undrafted rookie, developing them, and then retaining them by re-signing them and keeping them in the program and kind of keeping those foundational guys that you, you found early on in the process. So um, a big signing for the Chargers and in keeping – one of their talented playmakers in the whole for, for four years. And I would kind of tag off that four-year thing. I think that that's so great. And to also get this done before Eckler was set to become a restricted free agent on March 18th. So you take care of it, and the guy gets a multi-year contract instead of having to deal with the tender and maybe playing it out on a one-year and, and all that comes with that. So it's just it's one of those very nicely, you know, those things that are very nicely wrapped up before free agency hits. And think about this, Haley. I mean, I think Austin made 645000 last year. <laughs> He's going to be moving into a different tax bracket. In yeah, exactly. He's going to have, yeah, um, his CPA is going to be on that I one. I think he'll be fine with it, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he'll be okay with that. I just think it's kind of a cool story. A guy that comes from a small town uh, in Easton, Colorado, um, you know, didn't get a lot of shine coming out of high school, worked hard, um, and, and now and I've kind of talked about him a little bit talked with him a little bit about ice fishing and, and his dreams of, of buying a, a home on a lake. Um, I think it was in Nebraska where his family goes to uh, in the off season. And now he has the ability to do that. And Eric, just what he meant to the team last year, he carried the load at the beginning of the season. And then you mm-hmm. saw him in this role where caught 92 balls, seven yards short of a thousand yards. But he caught 92 passes on 108 targets, so he was extremely efficient. When the ball went his way, he caught it. And then you use him complimentary as a a running back in the backfield, 4.2 yards per carry. He had about just over, I think, eight carries a game, which is a a nice mix when you're you're looking at this offense, a a multidimensional offense with weapons on the outside like Keenan and Mike. Austin is the the perfect complement to to all these guys. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris. He's a chess piece. You know, when we were at the Combine, you know, people were asking national guys, you know, is Austin going to be the guy that's going to be their workhorse running back? And I think they're kind of missing the point. They never used him that way. Mm-mm. They've always used him as more of a complimentary piece, but a guy that, hey, he's going to get 15, 20 touches, and we don't care how he gets them, but he's going to get his touches, and he's going to be an impact. And, and defenses are going to have to account for him, whether he's lined up in the dot in the eye as a running back or he's a slot or if he's out in the perimeter on the edge. Now you got to move a linebacker out there and, and have to deal with him one-on-one on the perimeter as a receiver. So um, he's very important to his offense. Um, he's very versatile. 
Um, and, and he's a guy that you want to stay healthy. So you kind of want to make sure you don't give him too many touches so he can, he can be the same guy he was in week one and week 16. Eric, back in 2017, I was just kind of going through some articles and you wrote a piece on him sort of following the path of Danny Woodhead. And mm-hmm. I think Chargers fans have now seen that mm. in Austin over these last few years and what Woodhead brought to the Chargers when he was with the team. Would you say you've seen that out of him? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think he's, he's similar in terms of the way he plays, his play speed, his bill. Certainly you look at him 5'8", 200 pounds, he's built similarly to, to, to Danny. And then they have a similar story too. You, yeah. know, you look at how they made it to the league and really had to kind of fight each step um, and really prove people wrong. And that's kind of uh, fueled Austin and certainly it fueled Danny, um, you know, when he was in the NFL. So, yeah, I definitely see similar paths. And I also think it's kind of cool because I think it established a path for guys that are like Austin and mm-hmm. Danny. They can look at those those players and say, okay, I not, might not be 6'2", 220, the traditional big bruising running back, but I can still play in the league because those guys have been successful. Eric? 2017 preseason game number four. Austin Eckler's wearing a number three jersey. He's he's making his money on special teams, but he had a he had a, a three catch, 58 yard performance, and uh, 50 yards on the ground on eight carries. I think it was safe to say he made the team on the fourth preseason game, where really that's kind of like the Super Bowl for these undrafted free agents to to, to make the yeah. 53. It's just amazing to see what he did in that game, and how that propelled him to where he is today. I agree with you, and I would be doing a disservice to Dan Wilkie if I didn't give him a shout-out. <laughs> uh, former Chargers. I saw him asking for it on Twitter today. Hashtag football Dan. <laughs> he was one of the guys early on, I'll give him credit, even though it's hard for me to do, that I pointed out Austin as a guy that was making plays um, during off-season work. This was before... Uh, tra- training camp and I kind of took note of that and continued to watch him I think at that point Austin didn't know the, the offense very well so was doing a lot of thinking his way through routes and, and, and in terms of where he was supposed to be in the run game but you're right that final preseason game he really popped and he, and he just played fast and made a bunch of plays and, and it was kind of a no doubter at that point that yeah this guy should be on the roster in some form or fashion early on he was a special teams guy you know a gunner could make plays uh, in terms of coverage and also could make plays in the return game. And I just think um, the more they gave him, the the better he he played and and certainly earned the right to be out there on a regular basis. I remember last offseason when special teams coordinator George Stewart spoke. He speaks once a year. He spoke right after rookie minicamp or right around that time. And someone had asked him about the undrafted guys. And he goes, we're looking at everyone over these Mm -hmm. days, not just the guys who are selected actually in the draft. And he cited Austin as a guy who he called him a pest. And I loved that so (laughs) much because he said he was in his office every day, Coach Stu, Coach Stu, Coach Stu. But it worked. And here we are years later, and it just goes to show you he's such a great story in that sense of, of doing the hard work and trying to figure it all out and then performing well and then earning a contract off of it and then to your point Chris coach Lynn did say last year that that fourth preseason game that did it for him Austin earned a spot so I'm dubbing that fourth game the Austin Eckler game now and Eric (laughs) isn't it funny like Haley and I were talking about just the combine Austin wasn't invited to an event like that 
You know, he, yeah. he's, he slipped through the cracks. So we make a big, huge production out of the combine. And, and obviously it's a, it's a big event for football fans and, and really the, the whole NFL community alike. But you forget that sometimes these undrafted free agents, they may not be in Indy. And Austin wasn't in Indy. And look at him now. Yeah, I think that's what's so cool about football is there's so many guys playing at so many different levels, whether it's, you know, Division One or, or, you know, Division One AA, I forget what they call it now, at, at FBS, um, Division Two and Division Three, And so if, if you're talented um, and you're persistent and relentless, you have the opportunity to, to earn, um, you know, a chance to play in the league. And certainly Austin kind of represents that uh, with what he's accomplished. Whoever the quarterback is going to be is going to have a best friend in Austin Eckler because he is a guy, you know, talking to the NFL matchup guys, Greg Cassell and Matt Bowen, he can detach from a formation. You could split him out wide. He's he's uh, yeah. he's your best friend in the screen game and, and running flats. So whoever the quarterback is, whether it's Tyrod Taylor, where, whether it's a rookie, whether it's a free agent, number 30 is going to be really valuable to this offense. Yeah, and to kind of put a, a bow on it, I think one of the things we didn't talk about and, and he's kind of known for is his ability to make plays uh, after the run or after the catch. Um, I think that's where he really kind of earns his money. He usually makes the first guy miss, and it's so hard in this league to create explosive plays, but it's so important because it really helps you get in the scoring position and ultimately put points on the, on the scoreboard. And if you have a guy like Austin that can create explosive plays or – when you're in the red zone in that compact area and you have a guy like Austin that can make one person miss and, and get to the edge or dive in the end zone, it just makes it easier to score. That Jacksonville game, Haley, we were yeah. in that press box together. Eric was right in front of us, eight for 101 on the ground and four catches for 112 yards. That's the example that you would probably point to, Eric, in terms of just yeah. the, the big playability. I, I think he had a, was it like an 84-yard catch and run in that game. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he's a home run hitter, and I think every team is looking for guys like that. I mean, look at the Chiefs and all the guys they have on offense that can just they can score from anywhere on the field, led by Mahomes. And so, anytime you can find a guy that that can do that for you, you want to lock him up. Eric, I didn't get to talk to you in Indy. We talked to Popper for a little bit on Thursday. I got in late. Uh, I wanted to get your takeaways outside of Austin, just what you saw in Indianapolis and the first domino to fall is free agency. I think the one thing for me is speed. When you watch the receivers run, when you watch Simmons from Clemson run a 439 at 230 or whatever he is, um, that really jumped out to me. And I think that's something that the Chargers are looking to add on both sides of the football. I think, um, you know, football is about uh, creating space on offense and taking it away on defense. And I think the Chiefs are probably the top team at, at doing that when you look at how they play on both sides of the football. I think the Chargers need to get faster on offense, defense, and special teams. And I think there's a lot of guys that are will be available to them in the draft. Uh, in terms of the, the quarterback position, there was a lot of chatter about Jordan Love um, and the way he threw the football. And, and that's not surprising when you watch him. Um, he just looks like a guy that really feels comfortable throwing the football and can throw it from a number of different platforms. Um, but I still think scouts are going to go back to the tape and, and see how he played over the last two seasons, and that's going to factor on where he goes. And then lastly, um, you know, Justin Herbert, I think, just kind of continue to kind of check off boxes in terms of, you know, having the athleticism, 
that you want at the quarterback position and how they're playing it in 2020 um, and, and the arm talent. Um, and it'll, it'll be interesting to see where those guys shake out once they have the draft in April. Haley, I think what's intriguing at the top is obviously the quarterbacks we all talked yeah. about, but also the guys like Isaiah Simmons that Eric mentioned, Akuda uh, from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Outside of the quarterback position, it is very top-heavy with blue-chip type prospects, and I, th- I think that's what makes these next five to six weeks so intriguing because we don't know who's going to maybe move up, move down, uh, where some of these guys are going to go. We, we won't truly know until draft day, but I don't remember – seeing a wide receiver class as loaded as this one. And then, you know, defensively, you mentioned guys like Chase Young, Okuda, and Isaiah Simmons. If you don't get a quarterback, you're probably going to get a perennial uh, pro bowler, maybe an all pro. Yeah, you can definitely get one of those guys. And also, this is a great tackle draft, which everyone's talking about, too. There are a lot of great options out there. And the interesting thing, you know, in talking to pundits at the Combine, which I'm sure you heard this as well, it's like, okay, well, if the Chargers go – with what they have at quarterback with Tyrod Taylor or go to free agency, then that sixth pick becomes very interesting with what they yes. can do with other options besides QB, save, you know, they don't draft a quarterback just to sit or something like that. So it's going to be very, very interesting. I mean, the last time the Chargers had a, a pick this high was when they took Bosa third overall, but really you knew that those two quarterbacks were going one and two. So essentially the team had the pick of the best player in that draft. That's right. That's right. So this is just such an interesting um, chess match, if you will, of not only what this team is going to do, but what other teams are going to do. Will we hear movement over these next few weeks before the draft hits? And obviously once we get to free agency and things happen, but it's exciting. There's no off season. No, there's no off season. There is no off season. Eric, Eric, have you, seen a more kind of intriguing top five, top ten in your years covering the draft? No, and, and I think it's because of everything that you mentioned. The, the quarterback position, I think, is solid, and obviously quarterbacks going to get, get pushed up because of the need for them. But along with that, there's a bunch of talented guys at different positions. Like you said, Chase Young, uh, Akuda, uh, the cornerback. There's a, a lot of receivers, talented receivers, and the offensive linemen. You know, you have a a guy like Becton running what five one four at two three hundred and fifty pounds. Ridiculous. That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and so there's there's talented guys at a number of different positions. The quarterbacks are going to be pushed up, and who's going to be involved with the quarterbacks? Who's going to move up to get their right. guy? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just makes the draft, you know, so interesting every year because you just don't know how things are going to shake out, and there's all this chatter. And then all of a sudden, moves happen. You're like, "Wow, I didn't expect that, or I didn't see that coming." Um, you know, it's it's so proper time. It's so fascinating too because we we look at all these mock drafts. They're all wrong. They're all going to yeah. be wrong. Right? <laughs> exactly. Like, we, I mean, it's 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 fun to look at it and, and speculate, but nobody has a clue. Uh, you're gonna have to rip them all up by by April. But I, I think that's what makes yeah. it so fun. Is there's probably gonna be a dark horse team that maybe moves up or moves back, and. Yeah. By the way, free agency needs to happen first, and I think once that picture settles a little bit, we'll have a much clearer idea of what teams really want to home in on. Yeah, I think you're right. I think free agency definitely brings clarity to kind of what teams want going into the draft and maybe tips their hand a little bit. and It kind of you know gives you more of a focus on what teams are going to be looking for in terms of specific positions if they're able to sign the guys that they want. 
on the other hand, I mean, sometimes free agency will tip the fact that they maybe want a quarterback. Maybe they take a quarterback in free agency, but they're actually looking to get a quarterback in the draft and they're just ensuring that they have somebody uh, in the fold if they don't get the guy that they want. So you can kind of look at it a couple of different ways. I will say it was very interesting actually going to the combine and talking about quarterback Mm -hmm. for the first time, really. I mean, in other years, you always ask like, oh, you know, is this the year they draft? Is this the year they take the heir apparent of Philip Rivers? But with Rivers not in the picture, it was very interesting to have conversations with people around the league. And and I think, you know, obviously this team had a disappointing 2019 season, but people are saying, but they're also probably the most interesting team yes. because of what is going to happen and what they're going to do over these next, you know, few six weeks. There's going to be- and I think that's because pe- people nationally re- realize how talented their roster is. Yeah. Um, and if they get the quarterback position right, they could get things turned around pretty quickly if they get, uh, you know, good uh, play at the quarterback position in 2020 because of the talented pieces they have on defense, like Derwin James, Joey Bosa, um, Melvin Ingram, and then on offense, you know, you, you re-sign Eckler. I think they're going to try to, you know, re-sign Hunter Henry. You have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. You, you just have to get some other positions sorted out. Yeah, a retooling this offseason mm-hmm. could pay dividends for the Chargers. A, a big offseason ahead. And what I love about Eric Williams, he picks up the phone when news breaks. Literally. He picked it up. We appreciate it, man. Uh, it, it was good to get this this Austin news before the weekend, and uh, we didn't get to see you in Indy, so I appreciate you sharing your thoughts. Sure. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. We'll see you soon.